of your heart, okay. not the form. The, the soul is really into form. That's why we so, how does it, how do you look? People shouldn't dress down for church, they should dress up. People should, people should, shouldn't dress up for church, they should dress down. People should lift their hands when they're praising God, not just standing there like a robot. People should stand there like a robot and be more contemplative than to be all this outward expression. That's all just your flesh. People should be shouting to God. People should be quiet and praying quiet. People should be standing up when they're singing. People should be sitting down. Women should have dresses on when they come to church. Women should have pants. Men should have suits on. Men should have just jeans. If you don't wear jeans, they won't listen to you, Jamin. I've been wearing jeans every week. I hope everyone's listening. So basically, we have our form. Our form is what we're looking at. What's the form of worship? How are you worshiping? When Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman, remember, she's there at the well. So should you worship God here or in Jerusalem? Well, we think you can worship God anywhere. Well, technically, you could only worship God in Jerusalem for that stuff, because under the law, you could, right? What about the form? And Jesus is like, I'll give you living water. What? Living water? What does that mean? You're drinking from this well, but you're going to be thirsty. I'll give you water. You'll never thirst again. What is happening? Well, because Jesus, the Son of God, Yahweh, right? He is the Son of Yahweh. He is there showing you it's not this realm, it's whoop, that one above. So when, I, when you start to become aware of the things that are above, which we call the realm of the spirit, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. Well, where should I go for the kingdom of God? Should I go to this church or that church? Should I lift my hands or put my hands down? Should I stand up or sit down? What am I supposed to wear? What time am I supposed to be here? How often should I go? What book should I read? How, what song should I sing? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Work, 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 work. Form, 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 form. Well, I'll have a conversation with you. We'll get on YouTube and we'll argue. Oh, this guy has a big theatrical production. That's definitely not of God. This guy has nothing. Definitely of God. These are, that's all the soul. All of it is. It's the soul trying to find some degree of connection with God through the things that it does. Now, what's the message of the gospel? Good news. You cannot try hard enough to reach God because nobody can reach him that way. He had to come to you. And how did he do that? Excellent. How, how does he do that? He sends Jesus. Jesus is God. God said, you're not going to be able to do this. No matter how hard you try, even when I laid out the rules for you, because he did lay out the rules. That is what the law is. The law is the rules. Even when I lay out the rules for you, I'm going to show you no matter, even if I made the rules and you didn't make them, because the dresses and the suits and the lifting hands and sitting down, that's all man's rules. He goes, I'll actually give you some actual rules that I made, and I'll show you you can't even keep them. What's the whole point? The whole point is the soul can't reach God. You can't, re you can't do that. God came down and reached for you, and he got you. <laughs> he snatched you up. You were the lost little lamb. You were out there. Do, 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 do. And he went, come on in. Come on into my heart. Come on into my love, is what he said. He said, I will send my love to you so you can receive my love. So all of this soulish trying, striving, 
which is what I was saying before. A lot of times in, you know, the Protestant Pentecostal or Protestant, you know, non denom they always have different terms. Again, and the soul always does that. The soul always has some categorization of what you are. You are this, you are that, you are this, you are that. But what does God call us? He says, you're sons of God. You are my children. You are the child. You are in a family of love, a family of the love of the Father. I've come and I've gathered you together, like a like a, a, a what does it say? Like a hen, right? Here they come, all the chicks coming in, right? Because you're all part of me, he says. So no matter what your soulish definition of what it is you're doing, God defines you in His love. Okay, that's how we're defined. We're defined in his love. So as we see ourselves reflected in Jesus' likeness, we start to look like him. Jesus talks to the Samaritan. Jesus talks to the Jewish leaders, the top leaders of his day. These are the guys that run the show. These are the stars that fell from the sky, the Bible talked about in Matthew 24. They're the leaders. They fell, right, in AD 70, right? So we know that this happened, but he could speak to them. But then he speaks to a Samaritan woman at a well who had multiple, you know, husbands and the man she was living with wasn't her husband. He talked to her. He talks to whoever because he's not looking with these eyes. He's looking with the eyes of the spirit because Jesus is showing us how to live in the spirit. Now, what does the scripture say? Colossians 3, verse 2. I'll slow it down so we can bring, bring it up. So what is happening is, is that we're being, so Colossians 3, 2, while you're looking it up, what's happening is we are being taught by the Lord. He's teaching us by example and by the things that we're encountering. We're experiencing things. You'd be like, what are you showing me here, Lord? This is something, there's something on this situation I'm in right now that's curious. What is it? And the Lord's like, it's me. (laughs) hello. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a person there and he's like, hi, you're like Jesus is behind him. You know, and you're like, oh, I see you. There's something special here that God is doing. And that specialness is God himself. And he's saying, I want you to see me in this situation. So in Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter three in verse two says, be shepherded above and not on the land. Be shepherded above and not on the land. Okay? So here's what's happening. Okay? We we are learning, like, if you go to school, you learn from a teacher. You learn from your parents. If you go and work at a job, you might learn from your overseer, somebody who is teaching you that. You may go through some experiences in your life, and they may have taught your soul some things. Hey, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Do this. This is a good idea. So you're being instructed by earthly things. If I go, you know, um, to the store and it's in season, there's going to be a lot of people there. Okay, I know. If it's not in season, there'll be less people. These are all little things that your mind and your soul kind of grapple with on a daily basis. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a lower realm. But the scripture says... Be shepherded above. Well, what's the difference, Jamin? Be shepherded above. Let me show you this on the screen. Be shepherded above. Okay? 
So, so to be shepherded is to be led like sheep. Okay, to be guided in a certain place, in a certain direction. Well, who's the shepherd? If it's coming from above, it's the good shepherd, and it would be Jesus, right? He's the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, right? The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Why is that? Because he brought them all in to the family, all into his heart, all into who the, the sheep actually belonged, okay? So no amount of effort on our part brought that to pass. The good shepherd did that. So now that we have heard the good news, that we have been saved, that, that God is not holding our sins against us, but that he's accepted us into his family, into his heart, he's recognizing us as part of his family. You know, the scripture says this. This is what the gospel message is about. Well, why is that? because of what Jesus did. Because Jesus took our sin. He took everything in us that wasn't right, that wasn't us, that was destroying us. He took the entire, the, the, the penalty of it. In other words, when you sow, you reap. When you sow weeds, you reap weeds. He took the reaping. You know, what do you do with the weeds? You burn them. They go, right? He took that result. We planted the bad stuff. He took the result. It's completely unfair. There's nothing fair about that at all. <laughs> Why? Well, we should have paid for what we did. That's what the laws of, of creation say. What you do, you should pay for. And Jesus said, they can't. I'll pay for it. So he paid for all of it. So it's not like God's up there like, I need to judge somebody. How about them? God doesn't think like that. It's what we did. We're the ones that did it. We're the ones that, because it was inside of our code, our genetic code, in our DNA, there was this infection. Sin is fallen. It's a fallen way of thinking. It's a fall, but it's not just the thinking. It's actually genetic. It's actually inside of us. And so we couldn't get rid of it. Someone had to take it. And not just take the, the, the sin itself, but take the penalty of the sin. The result of the sin. The scripture says that, that the wages or the penalty or the end result of sin is death. And Jesus said, I'll pay it. I'll pay, the, I'll pay it for the whole, the whole world. I, pay, I, I won't just pay it for, for one person. I mean, I will pay it for one person if there was just one person, but I need them all. And that means I need, I need the ones that had been infected with sin, that had the effects of sin in their life in the past, before the flood, all the way up to Adam, the first man. And then everyone in my time, then everyone in the future throughout all generations in the future. I'm going to take all of that sin right here in this cross. And all of it is going to fall on me, he said. And I will pay for it. It's totally unfair. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing in all of creation that would ever say, oh yeah, that's, that's the thing, that's the result. No, the result is that everybody dies. But so the Bible says that. The Bible says that in Christ, 
you died. Because the penalty of sin that resulted in death, you, it was paid for. So in him, and that's not just an idea. This is, this is what we call mystical union. It's a connection you have with Christ in the spirit that exists. You're one with the Lord. If you're one spirit with the Lord, that means that everything that Jesus is, you are. That means that when Jesus died, you died because you're one with him. So when he took on all the sin of the world, you were included in that. And then you went down into the grave with Jesus. And when the spirit of, of, of Yahweh came upon Yeshua, he came up from the ground and you came up with him. And now you are raised with him. And you live with him. And you are one with him. And that's why the Bible says to be shepherded from above. Because you died. And you were raised. And now you live with him. And you're in him and he's in you. Because you were connected with him at the cross. There was a connection that took place on the cross where you personally were connected with Christ in a mystical union that you could not get out of. He swallowed you up. He went and he took all of humanity and he took it all into himself and he's like and then he laid out his life and he died, man's death, once for all time. Now, how could he do that? Because he is sinless, spotless lamb. He came in as man, as the representation of the, of the true man. So there's one true man, one, Christ. Adam was not the one. <laughs> and Adam... Everybody died. Everybody. So Adam's one act, that act right there, one fruit, one man, one bite, all die. Was it your fault? Did you eat the fruit? No, Adam did. Were you affected by it? Yes, you were. Because his one act, the eating of the fruit, affected all of humanity all the way forward until Christ and then the act of one man poof, saved all of humanity so when you see yourself connected with Christ one new man one person for all humanity you've been raised above now you live from the above and that's why the scripture says don't be shepherded from the land. Be shepherded from above because you died. <laughs> the land no longer has you. Sin no longer has you. It's not yours. You don't struggle with sin. You're dead. <laughs> that person that struggled with sin died. Come on. Can I get an amen? Right? That person died. That's the best news you could ever know. I'm not struggling. I died. How did I die? I died with Christ. And now I'm raised as a completely different person. He raised me. I died. He killed me. <laughs> he, he technically did. And then when I died, guess what died with me? Sin. This is what water baptism does. 
when you're water baptized, you know, and I know they do the sprinkle and they do the dunk, but when you're water baptized, what's happening is, is that what you were is going into the grave and who you became comes out of the grave. So you, you died in sin. You were raised, the scripture says, incorruptible. That means it's not possible to corrupt you. You can't be corrupted because you're mystically connected with Christ, the one true man. And he was tempted in every area just like we are, and he is without sin. So you are without sin. This is what the Spirit is causing us to awaken to. Awaken to righteousness, the Scripture says. Awake, wake up. You're righteous. You're holy. You're loved by God. You're above. Let the Spirit from above lead you. Not the land, not all of these little, did you do that? Did you do this? What about that? How much scriptures did you read? Did you do this? Be who you are in Christ and let that light shine forth from you. Will you love the scriptures? Of course you will. It tells about Jesus. It tells about your life. Will you love worshiping God? You're one spirit with God. Your life is a worship to God. The things you do every day worships God. You are worship to God. You live in the realm of the presence of God. He is all around you. He's in you. What more could you add to that? Nothing. So what now do we do? What now that everything's been done for us? Pretty much. It's completely unfair, but it was God who did it. It wasn't your decision. Your decision was, I don't know what to do, and I guess I don't care, right? That's your decision. Your decision was far from God. And then God spoke your name. And when he spoke your name, you came into his heart and you heard his voice and you said, that's me. I identify with Jesus now. I don't identify with Adam. If you listen to people, even if they don't know the scriptures, they say this thing, they say these things. They say them, you can hear it. It's built into your code. You can't say something apart from the truth. Eventually it comes out. And people who are trying to resist God, you can hear it. I'm resisting God. <laughs> but you can't resist love. It's irresistible. It's going to get you eventually. You just, why don't you just quit? <laughs> and just accept his love. It's so much better. But you know, God's patient with people. You know why? Because you're learning. You know, people are like, I'm resisting God. Oh, well, okay. Well, good luck. <laughs> it's not going to work because his love is so irresistible. Jesus is irresistible. His love is irresistible. When you see Jesus, when you see his face, when you see his form standing before you, there is nothing like that. Nothing in the world is like Jesus. Nothing. All things that are created come from him. So when you see him, you are seeing the source of all things. And you're seeing without question the love of God expressed in a single point in creation. It is the most amazing thing amazing person, amazing manifestation of the love of God that I think any of us could ever see. And this is the reason why we can sing a song like Gazing. Because what you're looking at is the love of God. And you're rejoicing in the fact that you've been brought into his heart and into his love and into his goodness. And it's not your fault. It's because of what Jesus did. This is the message. So if we're going to be shepherded from above, we have to know why we're being shepherded above. It's because you were raised. Woo, I'm raised. You could start floating off your chair just thinking about that. 
I'm raised. And all of a sudden you start raising yourself up. The, why is that? We're, we're getting raptured, people. We sure are. We're getting caught up in the ecstasy of loving God, in the, in the enjoyment of what he's done, in the, in the raptures that God brings to us every day. We can be raptured every day. But what's the scripture say? Therefore, if you stand with the Messiah, well, how do we stand with the Messiah unless somebody brought us there? Seek that place above where the Messiah sits by the right hand of God. Oh, he's sitting. If I'm sitting, I'm not needing to do much more, am I? I'm now sitting. He did it. Done. What did he do? He took our sin. He took our sickness, our pain. All of these things were taken on his body. Why? So that we wouldn't have to take it. It doesn't teach you a lesson. It destroys you. Sickness isn't for a lesson. It's to kill you. Sickness is the beginning stages of death, <laughs> which is why we treat it with medicine because <laughs> we want to stay alive because we should stay alive. Death is not your friend. <laughs> so Jesus said, I'm going to take your sickness. I'm going to take your pain in my body so that you don't have to. You don't have to take another person's sickness. Personally, Jesus did it. You know, if you ever see someone that's sick, you're like, boy, if I could just take it for them, I would. Don't have that thought because Jesus did it. He took their sickness. He took their pains. So now identify in Christ. If you see somebody and you're moved with compassion that way, say, Jesus, you took their sickness and pain. I, I am, by my heart intention, by what I'm thinking in my heart, seeing you wrapped around them, loving them, and that healing just coming into them. I've done that before. I've just, I could see Jesus coming in and then he came in and then he just went like this. Right around the sick person. And they went, just like that. And I was like, whoa. I was shocked when that happened to me the first time. I was like, I didn't even know I could do that. Usually I was like, I have to pray. I have to put my hands out. I have to say something. And I'm like, here comes Jesus. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Again, what did I say at the beginning? Everything is done. So when everyone's praying for revival and praying for the rain and praying for this and praying for that, and they're like, here it came, it's here's the rain. What are, what's happening is, is we're waking up. God already sent Jesus. And Jesus sent the comforter. And now we have the seven spirits that teach us in heaven. The seven spirits of God that are before the throne of God. The spirit of wisdom. Spirit of knowledge, spirit of understanding, spirit of the fear of the Lord, spirit of the Lord. We have the seven spirits. We have tutors. What are they teaching us? Where we are, where we've been brought. What is God doing? What has happened in us? Who are we really? Waking up to who we are, you see? So that's why if you're shepherded from above, you're shepherded from heaven. Where are you? Above. In the spirit, you're above. Your soul's like, how can I be above? That makes no sense to me. I'm sitting right here in this chair. I'm not above. The soul is wrong. <laughs> but how could it be wrong? But it is. Because the soul doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. And the Bible says, neither can it. It's okay. I tell my soul, it's okay. You're going to learn to be shepherded, to follow. Does it get eh, cranky? Yeah. Will it kick back? Yeah. 
but the spirit is stronger than the flesh. The Bible says the flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. So if we're being shepherded from above, being led by our spirit, our flesh will just come right down to where it needs to be. And what is that? You take care of this stuff, we're going to move this way. Stay in the spirit. Don't leave. Now again, how do we stay in the spirit? Be conscious of our oneness with Jesus Yeshua. Be conscious of your oneness with Yeshua. Get rid of ideas of separation, ideas of having to work yourself up into God. All these ideas become conscious. But Jamin, I see people, Christians, all the time, and they're just so full of it. You can't just tell them to, to just be conscious of Jesus. Yes, well, I'm not doing it. The Bible is. You don't, don't yell at me. I'm just reading scriptures. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the scripture says. Now, it does point out the fact that if you see someone and they're just acting like the devil, that they aren't being conscious of Jesus. That is true. Well, what's the solution to that? Well, be conscious of them again. Hello? <laughs> it's not that hard, people. But we need a lot of rules. We don't. We don't need a lot of rules. We only need one. We need, what did Jesus say? Give me the rules, Jesus. Give me the rules. What are the rules, Jesus? They're asking Jesus this. You can see this in the gospel. What are the rules? You tell me what the rules are. You're the rabbi. You tell me. He goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else is wrapped up in that. Simple. Simple. Love doesn't do mean to its neighbor. So you have a neighbor. But I mean the person near you, right? Love doesn't do bad things to their neighbor. Love doesn't covet their neighbor's wife. <laughs> That's not love. That's covetousness. That's the flesh. So, here's your rule. Now, what's the great thing about that rule is the love of God, which is what Jesus is talking about, is already in here. It's already inside because you're one with him. So, because the love is already in you, all you have to do is say, I acknowledge the love of God that is in me. I acknowledge it today. I acknowledge that love. And now I'm going to act like it's there. I'm going to act. I'm an actor. I'm acting. But are you really acting? What you're doing is, is you're operating in. I say operating in. Engaging with the love of God. Becoming aware of the love of God in me. If I don't think a thing is there, I'm never going to use it. But if I know that it's there, I'm going to use it. So if I know that God's love is in me, I'm going to focus on that and I'm going to say, love. Now, meditating on the love of God expands that love. Because now you, be, now you see his love everywhere. In everyone. All the time. <laughs> so, again, little disclaimer, be careful. You could knock yourself out in the spirit when you do this. Because being filled with the love of God can overwhelm your senses. Your five physical senses couldn't be overwhelmed by God's love, where you are basically not able to, to do anything. Why, why, what do you talk, why do you say that, Jimmy? Why do you say that? Why do you have to bring that up? Well, because it happens. Look at the Apostle John. He's there, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He sees the vision, he falls down. He comes up, falls down, gets up, falls down. What is it, why is he falling down? Like, because he can't stand anymore. 
He's overwhelmed by the presence of God. Now, what's going to happen is, is that overwhelming of the presence of God, that, that, what I would say, overcoming our five physical senses, actually getting us to the point where we can't speak or we can't move. What does that mean, Jamin? I mean, this, this happened to the, to the saints. A lot of the saints that you read about, you know, from the, from the Middle Ages, all, they would have these experiences. Jean Guyon, St. Teresa, all of them. They would sit, they would meditate on God's love. And they would be so caught up in God's love that they would be almost frozen. <laughs> and people would come up to them and they'd poke them and they'd try to get them to move, but they're gone. Now, guess what's happening? You're being transfigured. Your body is coming under the control of the Spirit of God. Now, what happens when that happens? A lot of stuff, right? But what, you're, what, you're, what you end up seeing is that you're having a spiritual experience a spiritual experience. These are very important to have, <laughs> and they're the best. I'm telling you, that's the way to do it. I love brain thinking is fine. I, I, it's fine, okay? There's no problem thinking. Some people like thinking. Some people don't like thinking. It doesn't matter. This isn't about thinking. It's about experiencing. It's experiencing God's love. Now, when you have these experiences in God's love, you have to go through a door in the spirit. Does that make sense? A door. So what do I mean by a door? I use the word door. Why do I use the word door? Because when you go through a door, you were in this room and now you're in that room. And those two rooms are different. So in order to get from this room to that room, you have to go through the door to get to the other room. So in the spirit, it's the same way. You go through a door and when you go through the door, you're in a different room. In the spirit. God's love is a door. So if you want to go from here to there, go through love and you'll go into the other room and it looks different over there. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you think about God's love. Think about how much God loves you, how much he's done for you. And then think about that love that's directed towards you. And when that love comes in towards you, it can be directed out towards other people. If you don't think God loves you or you think you did something wrong, you're going to treat people the same way. Like they did something wrong. You will reflect what you behold. If you look at condemnation, you will speak condemnation. If you look at fear, you will speak fear because you're reflecting the thing that you're beholding. If you look at love, you will reflect love. If you look at the face of Jesus, and I mean love the person, not love the feeling, Love the person, the person of Jesus. When you look at him, you'll reflect him. And people will see love. Now, what about the soul? Well, the soul has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and I always laugh at my soul. But anyway, <clears throat> I, I know, I'm sure it loves that I laugh at it, but I, I've just, it's like a lost cause, so I just laugh. <laughs> You don't know, but you've got some good stuff. And I always am teaching my soul. I always teach my soul. It does learn. It does learn. But it can't grasp it naturally. It doesn't get it naturally. It has to be instructed. Okay? In the spirit, you are very powerful and you know everything. Believe it or not, you do. The Bible says that you know all things. 
But where is it? It's in your spirit. So what's your soul not know? Then your soul knows diddly squat, right? It knows nothing until it's taught, okay? So as, as we're being shepherded by the spirit, our soul is starting to understand. And now we're having a connection between the spirit and the soul where the spirit is bringing the soul into the knowledge of the truth. Because that's what you need. Jesus swallowed you up. That's done. You don't have to swallow yourself up again. You've already been swallowed by his love. He has completely consumed you. That's why you're one. Because <laughs> if I eat a fish, I've consumed it. It is now in me. <laughs> so you've been consumed by the Lord. He has taken you in his love, consumed you in his love, and now you're one with him. Okay. So now the soul is like, where am I, God? Hello. Where are you, God? It's me. Isn't that a movie? Uh, that came out was a book, Judy Bloom. Where are you? Where are you, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of that book, but that's the soul. Where are you, God? I can't, like, I'm looking. You're like in a big dark room. Well, why are you in a dark room? There's no light. Well, where's the light come? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one that shined the light in the darkness where they didn't know where God was. And Jesus is like, now you see everything. Okay? Right? So we don't see apart from him. We stay in the dark unless we see Jesus. What did he do? Who is he? You see, it's not the idea of Jesus. It's actually him. <laughs> and this is a really hard thing to explain because we are always taught ideas. Everything's an idea to us. So when you teach Jesus, you're teaching a man, the son of man, the son of God, Jesus. That's what you're teaching. You're teaching him. He's a person. So like when you talk about him, he's like, hello. I'm here. You see how it works? So again, going from natural understanding to higher levels of understanding have to do with how we intention ourselves in our own heart to enter in through the gate, through the door of Christ who is love. So now we're on the other side. Welcome to the new world. Okay? So this is what God's doing. So remember that whenever you're thinking about, you know, activity, spiritual activity, religious teachings, all of these things, what are they all, what are they all about? What, what is all this about? It's all about the man, Jesus. He is the beginning. Jesus said it. I am the alpha and the omega. That means that if anything you need to know about the things of the spirit, it starts in Jesus, it ends in Jesus. If you are getting some type of religious teaching and there's no Jesus, it's not real. <laughs> it's fake. It's fake teaching. <laughs> alpha, omega beginning, end, all of it is in him. You are in him. You've been swallowed up by love. There's no way you can get out. You're trapped forever <laughs> in his love. Now, if you resist God and you're trapped forever in his love and you die, it is not a pleasant experience. <laughs> it is not. And that's why I say, just quit. Just give up. Just give over to the love of God. Don't resist him anymore. Let his love come into you. And just, you know what? A lot of times it's different for everybody. Everybody's different. Every relationship that God has with different people, it's different because it's with you and him. So whatever it is that he's telling your heart, just be like, let's do it, Lord. Let's do it. I'm good. Let's go for it. Because you're going to take me somewhere. I have no idea where, but it's going to be good and I trust you. That's all he's saying. Look, take my hand. Come with me. Come with me to the secret place. Come with me up to the higher, pl higher place. 
leave behind these ideas you had, these immature thoughts that you had about yourself, about where you are, about who I am, and let me show you who I am. Let me demonstrate who I am. Let me show you every day when you get up in the morning and you go about your day and be like, hey, where are you? Oh, he's over there. Oh, he's over there. I see him everywhere now. I see him in his love. I see him, I see him in the sky. I see him on the ground. I see him in the trees. I see him with the people that I meet, the situations I'm in. I remember one time I called the IRS. The IRS. They're scary. They're scary now. Something I was trying to clear up with them related to Obamacare, to be specific. Is that specific enough? So I called him on the phone. It was not a pleasant call for me, and I'm on hold. And I said, you know what? I'm going in the spirit. I'm on the phone with the IRS, but I'm going in. So I go in the spirit. I get completely like overwhelmed and saturated with the love of God while I'm on hold. The lady gets on the phone, and she goes, hey. And then she starts talking to me about Jesus. The IRS agent starts talking to me about Jesus on the phone. I am not lying. I'm telling you that happened. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, this, there's something to this, people. <laughs> we are not living in the realm we should be if we're not being shepherded from above because his love is so overwhelming. Everyone is affected by him. Even if they say they're not, they are. And I obviously had a believer on the other hand. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? This is where we are in him. It's an amazing place. Don't ever leave it in your mind. Don't ever go away. Stay close to his heart. In your conscious mind. Okay? Stay aware of him. It's good. All right. Let's pray. Let's close it. Wrap it up. Father, we thank you for your love in us, through us, moving in us in amazing ways, becoming more aware of you, being caught up in you. Thank you that old things are passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name, amen.